21CL Radio. You're listening to the Run Your Life podcast with host Andy Vassar. Good day, everybody. Welcome to our Run Your Life podcast series. I say our Run Your Life podcast series because I am recording with my partner, Neela Steele, uh, our third installment of Four Times Mindfulness, which falls under the umbrella of my Run Your Life podcast series. Neela and I today, we woke up very early <coughs> at five, you know, five o'clock. We jumped on the train at 5.49 a.m. For a, for a two-hour journey to Shanghai because we had to go to the Canadian Embassy to get some paperwork completed to help process our Saudi work visas because we're leaving China for the last time in three weeks. Um, so we are now at Tino's Pizzeria right by Shanghai Station. Uh, we've got another hour uh, before we're going to jump on a train back to Nanjing. So we thought, what a perfect time to record four times mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to hand it over to my co-host Neela to say a few words before we kickstart our four big ideas for the week. I wanted to shout out some gratitude to those people who have already listened to our first few installments. This creative undertaking is definitely a stretch of my comfort zone. I'm glad that Andy invited me and coached me into doing this. So it's a, a learning project in process. And I'm going to start off with uh, something I was reminded of because I read an article in Yoga Journal. It was May's issue. And the article is entitled, The Staying Power of Intention by Richard Miller. So this article particularly delves into how setting the right intention can help you stick to a meditation practice. And I want to talk about setting an intention for anything. If you are a yogi or you've attended a yoga class, you may have heard the instructor ask you to set your own personal intention. And an intention is different from uh, creating a goal. Intentions are usually that internal focus, so more of a way of being. And when I explain it to my students, it, I give them examples. So maybe you want to be a better listener, or you want to be more patient, or you want to use a kinder tone of voice when you're speaking to your friends in class. And what I love about setting intentions is this can be done for a lesson, a 60-minute lesson, for a short period of time. Or if you wake up and you set a daily intention or a weekly intention as a mother or a coach, you might also choose to be a little more open-minded or to be curious. So 
by setting this intention, how I believe it connects with mindfulness is when you are mindful and in the moment, in that particular moment, you can really draw in that internal focus by saying, yes, this is the point in my day where I'm breathing and I'm aiming to be a better listener. So I'm listening without interrupting and I'm listening without the intent to respond and I'm just listening to seek to understand before being understood. And I think this just brings in a little more direction or determination and a little more motivation that sets you on that path to create a more mindful presence with whoever you are with. And I see it also like in what you're describing, you need that moment before you set the intention. Uh, you know, the, the intention just doesn't come to you. You need to kind of rewind a bit, I guess, and, and create a, a quiet space to be mindful and to, to really think about what it is you want to focus on. So I see in what you're describing that few minutes of quiet time before you set the intention. Right, right, right. And with with um, my students, we usually sit in a circle and everyone has 30 seconds to 60 seconds to decide what it is that really will bring them to a better focus point. In whatever class or... Right, so if, if we have a short period of time, the kids will follow the phrase, I intend to with a bit of rationale with because. And my friend, Marina Geisen, she's also blogged on this. And uh, I think it's taken from the book that you talked to. Turn with, the ship around. Yes. Yeah. And how you can also communicate to others that you're with what your intention is for better communication. Excellent. So uh, we're going to turn to you now and you're going to share your little mindfulness tip here. I guess, again, for Neil and I, we, yeah, there's a bit of stress, a little bit of anxiety because we are leaving our, our home of five years here in China. And, you know, when I look at the percentage of my life that, I've, that we've spent here, it's 10% of our life has been spent in China. And that door is closing in three weeks' time. So with any kind of major life change comes stress. And it's very easy when we're caught up in that big picture of stress, okay, to, to become even more anxious and, and to feel the effects of that stress at a greater level. So over the past couple of weeks, I've been, you know, we both, Neil and I, have been trying to get things done in preparation of the move. And it's kind of like you're looking at that whole big picture getting really stressed but mindful, mindfulness and meditation in particular allows you to kind of quiet yourself and to, to let go of everything that you need to do and just putting that into action really does bring about uh, a new sense of energy so however the issue lies in trying to do too much or look at the whole big picture of everything that needs to be done mm -hmm. so 
don't know how this came to me, but I was kind of sorry about the background noise. We're at the the restaurant here, but um, I don't know how this came to me, but it was the idea of a triangle, and I thought of the the tip of the triangle as representing um, the number one priority that needs to be done, and then below the tip of the triangle is the second thing that needs to be done in the order of priorities, and then the third. Uh, the bottom part of the triangle is the third thing that needs to be done. So rather than look at the whole big picture, I take that triangular focus and I put within that triangle the top three things that need to be done. It allows me to prioritize and to focus on the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And then when that is done, you remove it from the triangle and what happens is the number two thing pops up to the top of the triangle and the number three thing from down below pops up and is now the number two in the number two position and then something comes in through the bottom of the triangle to fill that number th right. three spot so it allows me it's a good metaphor to think about prioritizing what we need to do and in doing so uh, you just become more aware of what's most important, what's pressing, mm -hmm. rather than looking at the whole big picture. So it's just this funnel through which your priorities come. And I think being mindful allows you to focus on just that rather than the whole big picture and going crazy with everything right. that needs to be done right. in our and, lives. And I think when you suggested that to me one morning when I was feeling very anxious about everything that we had to get done, it allowed me to just compartmentalize what was important that day. And I like how you keep saying, what is most important? What's most important to you throughout the day? What's sort of your mission? And then also connects to the intention. How do you want to be as you complete that mission and what is most important to you? So that really helped me when you suggested that a couple of mornings ago. And there's absolutely a time when you need to look at the whole big picture of things, but when you're really under the gun and under a lot of stress, I think at least um, putting this kind of idea into practice is very mindful and it allows you to uh, just tackle each, you know, each, I don't even want to say issue, each challenge as it comes. So that's my number two. Now, what about your number three? I want to... Um you're gonna be my guinea pig. So I wanna try something out. It's called five, four, three, two, one. So I invite you to pause if you can, whatever you're doing. If you're doing something else, just take a moment. What I would like you to do is we're gonna take five breaths. And while you're taking five breaths, I want you to listen and identify five sounds, either the background noise here or in the place that you currently are listening to this. So we're going to do yes. this right now. Right. Okay. So, so five breaths. So let's begin. Just take five breaths here, identifying those sounds.
And then we're going to come to the number four. And as you inhale and exhale, I want you to look around where you currently are and look at four different objects or items. And look at them more with a bit of a detailed focus. And resist the urge to rush through this exercise. For the three cycles of breath, I want you to connect to three sensations in your body that might be suddenly releasing the tension from your shoulders away from your ears, might be feeling your feet on the ground, it might be feeling your seat in contact with a chair or wherever you may be. So three body sensations as you take three breaths. And then for number two, I want you to take two deep inhalations and exhalations. So two cycles of breath once again to identify any fragrances And then for the final last breath, I want you to take a full body breath, one that moves all the way from your toes up through the torso and out through the crown of your head. And that practice of five, four, three, two, one is really drawing in all the senses. We tend to inhabit our heads and that keeps us from being mindful because we're either ruminating about the past or sprinting towards the future. And that can simply be done. Nobody needs to know that you're doing that, but it will drop you into the current moment, in the current environment, and into your body. And that is a direct pathway to bring you into the present moment and I and they, it really can be modified you can do it with young kids or older kids and you can focus on a number of things uh, I know Annie's used it before in several well actually I've, I've used an element of, of it but that's the first time I've ever done that really with the five four three two yeah one. yeah I didn't know that she was gonna pull that out on me <laughs> And we're literally in this pizzeria, right, you know, on a busy intersection in Shanghai. And there's, and taxis, had, there's taxis whizzing by and, and we've people had a, walking by. a the, very stressful morning. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, so. So I, I think as I was doing that, and I went through each of the things, I, I really did follow it. Um, I was kind of thinking about, you know, at the end of, for example, a PE class when I was teaching PE, I would always get the kids to kind of reflect on what they're doing, but I think that that five, four, three, two, one can totally, as you said, be modified and be changed up to fit the dynamics of, of what's happening around you. So in PE class, it's easy to roll that out. At the end of the class, you've got three minutes left. You've had a great class. You get the kids to take five breaths and you give them the task 
uh, in those five deep breaths, thinking about the interactions with their peers. And then you drop down to four, and then you get them to think about the words that they chose mm -hmm. when interacting with their peers. And then three can be something different. The body sensations, you know, how tired their muscles are, whatever it is. But, but it can totally be tailored. I see that in team sport at the end of a practice as well, where you've got all these tired athletes, you know, that are resting at the end of practice. But it is a way to anchor the breath and to reflect and... I guess that took no more than two or three minutes. Right, right. What a and perfect. I, and and just by talking about it, I too felt a shift in energy from the beginning, from our day in the morning, till till that very moment. And a, a simple, simple, simple practice. So we're going to finish off with you. So, the fourth seed of mindfulness for me this week, which is actually my second seed. We have two seeds each. Um, <laughs> is a podcast that I came across, um, Dean Pokari's Meaningful Show on iTunes. And I listened to it during one of my runs, and I had seen it on iTunes before, but I never really listened to it. I knew that I was going for about an 8K run, 8 or 9K run, um, so I wanted to find a podcast that was 40 to 50 minutes. And I saw it and I tuned in and he had a guest. Uh, the guest name is Michael Bunge uh, Steiner, uh, who's uh, based in Toronto right now. But the, he wrote a best-selling book called The Coaching Habit, Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever. And as I was listening to the podcast, it was all about deconstructing the art of asking questions in whatever line of work it is that we do. This podcast is directed mostly towards business, uh, this one in particular, but the art of deconstructing asking questions is totally applicable to the world of education. So as I'm running, I'm listening to this and I, I'm just you know, making strong connections to life as an educator. Yes, right? yes. So the host of the show, Dean, talks about the idea that as a well-known podcast host and consultant, he's always thinking about the way he interacts and works with other people and the questions that he asks. So he loves to look at the, the word question, and when he thinks about question in particular, he looks at the first five letters of the word quest, uh, Q-U-E-S-T, and he said that I love seeing quest in the word question right. because it reminds me that when we ask a good question, we are literally sending the person that we're asking the question to off on a journey or a quest or a pilgrimage of some sort to find out their own truths, you know, under their own terms. Um, so it's that idea that uh, asking questions is critically important to what we do. Um, I was really inspired by the podcast. I wrote a, a blog post on it. And um, What's the name of that podcast? The, the podcast, uh, Dean Bokhari's Meaningful Show. Okay. Yeah. So I actually reached out to the author of the, the book. and Because uh, the author of the book was, uh, during the podcast, he was challenged on how this type of question can be used with kids. And he was like, oh, I don't know anything about kids. I don't have kids. 
um, I'm not even going to go there. But I was saying at, during my run, I was saying like, no, hell yeah, what you're saying here, yeah. everything you've said in this episode is oh. all about teaching and asking questions. Mm -hmm. So I sent him that email and I was like, I'm going to challenge you. How about you be on my podcast? And he agreed and he's from Toronto. So we're, we're going to record live in a few weeks time. Um, and I'm going to get him to dig a little deeper into the importance of asking questions. But I guess it just left me with that idea that as an educator, it is our goal to ask great questions, but it's impossible to ask great questions if we are not mindful and present mm -hmm. in the interactions that we have with our students. Um, yeah, as you say, if you're ruminating about, about the past or uh, you know projecting into the future, you're missing the present moment. We've all been there as teachers when we're thinking of what just happened or what we have to do next. Right. And then you miss that golden opportunity to truly listen and to, you know, you can't plan for the questions you're going to ask sometimes, but the questions will come to you if you've truly listened and you're aware of the needs of your student, the students in general, or if it's in a meeting and with colleagues and you're truly listening, you will know the right question to ask. Right. Um, Can you give us an example of how that might... Uh sound like or I mean well I can just refer back yes. to the podcast and okay. a great example that uh, the author of the book Michael gave was he said he uses this question as the second best question ever in the history of the world okay and what he says is you know you're asking your questions um, to whoever it is you're working with and then as they give you their answer your next question is ah. Ah, okay. A W E. Ah. Ah. Yeah. And the ah is an acronym for this question. And what else? And what else? And yeah. it makes it makes so much sense. So the A and the W what the E else. And what else? Which which um, challenges the people that you, that you're interacting with to identify where they can go next right and it makes you explore and dig into uh, additional options and when you have more options as Michael say, says that you can then ultimately choose the right path to take so that would be an example right there of, of uh, the, the power of questioning. The other one that I have heard being used is tell me more tell me more and help me understand what you're thinking are two that I like to go to to kind of ask the students to explain and elaborate and tell me a little bit more about their... Which is not really a question, but it's a prompt right. for discussion. Yes, you're right. Which is the same thing. Yes. And, and providing that environment that's conducive for them to feel that it is okay to risk sharing their thoughts and ideas. Yeah, and I, I think, again rooted in the seeds of mindfulness is all about being present and truly listening and when you are in that moment then you're going to know the right question to ask or as you just said the right conversational cue mm -hmm. to keep the discussion going so um, that's that's my fourth um, so why don't we do a little wrap up why don't we do a wrap up why don't you start with your number one the first one was setting an intention and I made reference to an article that was in uh, Yoga Journal, and that was by Richard Miller, 
the staying power of intention and setting intentions pretty much in everything that you do. Uh, my number two was uh, that idea of instead of looking at the whole big picture of stressors and, and challenges that we face to form a triangle and to break that triangle into three layers prioritizing what's most important followed by the number two most important thing followed by the number three most important thing and then focusing solely on that first thing getting that first thing done and then when that number one uh, most important thing gets done it's checked off and then number two bumps to the top of the triangle number three bumps to number two and then something else pops in in the number three spot so it allows you to uh, kind of again it, with intentions set your intentions and to to focus and that's only possible if you're really mindful and focused uh, on exactly what it is you need to do right and number three was five four three two one connecting your breath and dropping into your senses enjoying and enriching your life dropping into that moment sensitive to your own environment in the moment and the number four was uh, the quest for great questions um, and the idea that every, not every question, but the questions that we ask should really send people or propel people on their own journeys to unlock curiosity and wonder and excitement and to ultimately give them a chance to identify all the possible solutions before determining which solution is best. Um, so just that idea of uh, the power of questioning and, and, and to be totally present. And when we're present and truly listening, we will know the best question to ask or the best conversational cue to throw out there to whoever it is you're working with. Absolutely, listening is, is uh, I don't know who said it, but listening is a deep and profound act of respect. Love it. I'm gonna let Neela Steele close off the third installment of uh, Four Times Mindfulness from downtown Shanghai. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you for understanding that this is our creative uh, undertaking. And we hope that by sharing these mindfulness points, it will help you to lead a life that is full of being present and mindful with those you love, work with, and are with every day. Thanks so much. I love that woman. <laughs>for listening to the Run Your Life podcast by Andy Bassett. To check out show notes, get some more information about Andy as well as his guests, head to our website, 21clradio.com.